welcome to episode 26 of the SVOPA podcast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Joe. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 26 of the SVOPA podcast. It's Joe with you as always. If you want to get in touch, you can email us podcast at svopa.co.uk and with me as always is Michael. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing good, thanks. Joe, yourself? Yeah, I'm glad the clocks have gone forward. I am. It's just nice to look out the window in the evening and see it a little bit lighter. And plus, you want to go for a walk in the evening, especially after a hard day's work. It's I love it. Oh, yeah. And it'll make it better for our events, won't it, for people travelling back in the evenings as well? It will, because like this Saturday, we're in Chester and it's not going dark till eight. So a lot of people might get home. Well, the ones who don't stay out in the pub till 11 o'clock like last time. <laughs> so what have we got coming up in the podcast this month? We've got Around the School in 10 Lessons. It's the sixth lesson today. And we have a brilliant interview with Emily Davison. She is the fashion ister. Now, she didn't go to our school, but we this is a subject that we've been covering with VI Talk. So we thought that some of you guys might like to hear it as well. It's all to do with fashion and presentation. And we've also got some recording we did from the Peterborough weekend. And as always, we've got the updates on the events and we've got information about the reunion and the committee if you want to stand. And now for our new section, Around the School in 10 Lessons. Right, everyone, sit down, get your maths books out or your textbooks or whatever books you've got in with you in front of you, because it's time for Around the School in 10 Lessons. OK, so it's lesson six. So we're starting where we left off last time and we're going to walk from if your back is to the chapel, then we're going to walk down that corridor all the way down on the ground floor to the other end. OK. And and we've got Georgie joining us again, and we've also got Danielle. So we've got a nice mix of of ages to sort of spread the gap. So when were you at school, Georgie, just to remind people? I was there from 1957 to 1968. Right, and I was there from 77 to 88. And, Joe? and I was there from 83 to 87. And you, Danielle? And I was 96 to 2010. Right, so what we'll do is we'll walk through those doors where you've got the steps at the bottom which lead up to the balcony and and, and probably lesson seven or eight. And the, when we were there, the first door you came to on the right-hand side was actually the school office. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't my dear. So that hadn't changed. I'm not sure what it is now, if it is still, because the office is at the front now of the school, so it's obviously not the office anymore. So, I knew it when it was um, it was the main sort of office that you guys remember, um, and then it changed. I can't remember what year it was, but it was probably four or five years before I left. I think that changed into the sixth form common room, um, and then it had changed again by the time I'd left because the sixth room common room had moved, but I think it was maybe just a storeroom or something. I don't think there was anything, you know, I don't think it was used very much, whatever it was. So okay. I think it was probably some kind of storeroom. 
Right, so we'll move down a little bit further to the next door. So, which was well, again when we were there was the head's office, which again yeah. is now at the front of the school. Um, what was was the head there when you were there, Danielle? Um, it was for a time, yeah, and then it changed into just a general sort of storeroom. Um, and I think, well, last I heard, it was um, where a lot of the IT um, kind of resources and bits were kept. I don't know whether that's still the case, though. <laughs> okay. Well, directly opposite. Can you remember what was directly opposite the those two class, um, them two rooms? Oh, yes. Now, I've seen this a bit different um, because there was just... When you came sort of out the double doors by the chapel, there was a really big wooden panelled like fire door on the left hand side i think i only saw it open maybe once or twice it's hardly ever used then there was the post box and there was the uh there was a wooden bench that had a cushion on it yeah um and just past that then there used to be i think there was a fish tank there at one point um and then it got taken away um because there was a lift that was put in um that was put in when I was in about year seven, so that would have been, I think, in about 2002-ish. What What do you remember in that section, Georgie? Did you have the bench there when you were there in the post Yeah, the bench was there. Mm-hmm. And then there was the corridor leading down to all them classrooms. That was under construction while I was there. Right, yeah, because it was built in the... We did have that on an earlier one when Kings and Queens Wing were built, didn't we? Yeah, we uh, did, yeah. So... The, the next classroom along um, is now, just because we were just discussing this after Danielle left, was turned into the library. Yeah. Uh, but when I was there, uh, it was the maths room. This yeah. is just before you go through the, the next set of double doors and the last door on the left-hand side, um, right-hand side. It was. It was known as K2 when we were there. And I remember that it was the classroom that we were in for what was in our day, uh, third year, which was the third year in the senior school. So that was the year that I was in that classroom. That was my form room um, when I started doing my O-levels and CSEs. It was a classroom when I was there, but for the life of me, I can't remember what was taught. Okay, well, should we move through the... Open the door, let's move through the double doors. and. Was the first was it the first classroom or was the office on the opposite side? Which was the first door? Anyone remember? It was a classroom in my day. There was, well, it was a window actually on the right hand side. When you went through the double doors, there was a window on the right hand side that used to look into the maths room. It did. Yes. That's mm-hmm. right. And in front of that was a huge metal cabinet. That's right. Where you yeah. could put books and brailers and things when you weren't using them. And yeah. also, it was where Joe Lampton and our day, Michael, you might remember this, when Youth Club was downstairs, he used to keep all the sweets, chocolates, drinks in there. And after prep at half seven, we'd queue up to help him carry everything down to so he could stock up Youth Club every night. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember doing that, to be honest. Do you not? No. <laughs> Maybe it was all the girls. That definitely wasn't in my day. No. Right, so, and then you had, obviously, was the cupboard before the the French room, Joe? Or was it after? Yes, it was, it was before, before it. wasn't it? I'm yeah. sure it was, yeah, because it was in front of the window that Danielle's remembering. Yeah, yeah that's right. And yeah. Opposite that you had, when when we were there, it was Sister, Sister Francis's office. Yeah, because she was deputy head, wasn't she? She was. Don't know if yeah. you guys remember that, that room? 
Which one? On, on the, the left hand on side. The left. That used to be the, um, oh God, the pharmacy. You know where you went when you were bad? I think the pharmacy. Uh, that was the one after it, was Was that the one after? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Well, I can't remember that one then. No, oh, no, I'll tell you what that one used to be. I'm sure it was the teacher's common room. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because obviously people do come back to us and say, oh, yeah, I remember it at that. So, you know, come back to us. If we are wrong with anything, just let us know. Yeah. We, I'm um... sure that was the teacher's common room. <laughs> it was only a very, very small room, though, wasn't it? It is a small oh, it's room. It's a tiny that room. One. Tiny, yeah. Yeah, well, well, go on. Um, so I knew that as uh, when I was there, it was Mrs. McManus's, uh, Angie McManus's. Uh, office, and then when she moved, um, I don't know what year it was, but it was quite a while ago now, and um, it then became the head of um, pastoral care's office. Right, so let's move down a little bit further, and um, we've then got what was when we were there with Mrs Evans's classroom, which was the French classroom. It was <laughs> French and RE as well, wasn't it? She used to teach Harry as well, but before Miss Evans, it was Miss Griffiths who was only there for a short time while I was there. Mm. She did. She moved on to pastures new. She did. So, do you remember that Um, second classroom? What it was used for? Yeah, I'm trying to think what that was used for. I think I well, I don't remember it obviously when I was in the primary because we didn't have anything to do with that corridor. But I know when I moved into the seniors. it was used as like the cover classroom and in those days if like a teacher that you were having was off ill or anything like that then you you went to the um to the cover room and then uh so it was that for a few years and then when they moved a lot of the classrooms from upstairs downstairs it became the um ict room oh, right. I, think, I think that's what it still is now because it got they got one of the um the carousels like there is in the conference room with the little with the sort of spaces for the computers all the way around it. Right, I can't, yeah, I can't remember from the last time I was there. So yeah. we'll move down a little bit because I know the next one you've got. We'll stay on the right hand side and then we'll jump across. We've then got a a door which leads to like a, a long thin sort of like a mini corridor with a fire door at the end fire door. with yeah. a a room to your left as you walk in. When yeah. when I was there, because I know it's been a few different things, it was it was the junior boys' playroom, and the little mini corridor where the fire door was, where like our cloakroom where we used to keep our coats and stuff. And uh, I can remember being in there when it was part of Rushton, and then that became a classroom, uh, probably around eighty five something like that. It was converted. Was that not the room that we were allowed to watch TV in after prep as well? Because no, there was a TV room really down there. Or was that the next one? Was that the next one? All right, okay. <laughs> so, does anyone else remember that particular room? Georgie? No, I don't remember that. But yeah. then again, don't forget, uh, Michael, that when I was at school, that was the boys' territory. True, so you wouldn't have been there that much anyway in yeah. the end, would you? so we only went there if we had to go to the pharmacy, the dentist, or um, to get uh, in the assembly hall. 
Right. Okay. Well, let's, should we go to the <laughs> pharmacy next, which is the one room we didn't like. It was um, oh. Sister Eater's domain when we were there. Oh, it was. It was Sister Rosalie, I think it was. Or Sister Teresa with me. And <laughs> it, the dentist used to go there as well. Yeah. Did you ever go to the dentist in there, Joe? No, when I went, it was a, a, he just used used to go to like a van thing outside, didn't you, or something? He used to go in the car park or something and... Yeah, we used to have a van come round and and do it. Oh, it was awful. We used to go there. And he used to, when you got, you had to stay in bed if you were getting a tooth out. And um, (coughs) when you went, he gave you enough gas. So that you were waking up just as he was pulling the tooth. It was dreadful. You never got any pain relief when he did a drill and he was drilling for England. I'm sure he was. I hate dentists because of the experience I had with him. (laughs) That's not nice. We didn't have anything that traumatic when we were there. Oh, it was awful. (laughs) I even refused to get it done one day and Sister Wishes told me off. And the. the secretary, she gave me half a crown if I went and got it done. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, do you remember having to queue up for the BCG, the TB job? Oh, yeah. yeah. On the yeah. bench outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who was the nurse when you were there, Danielle? Um, I had, well, we had a couple. We had um, Nurse Ronnie was there when I first started. Um, and she retired in about 2001 I think it was um, and then Cathy Wynne took over and she's um, healthcare coordinator I think her sort of title is now um, but I never knew that the little room as the um, pharmacy I can the earliest I can remember that was I think it was Ian Byron's office um, and then I don't think it was used for a, for a while and then sort of more recently um, it became a room, or it was um, the room where um, Angie Simpson used to do sort of the annual sort of eye tests that you used to have, like before your review. Um, I don't know whether they did that sort of when you were there, but that's that's quite a recentish thing that started happening. Um, and then I know again after I left, it changed again, and I think it's now the mobility room because um, I think that moved. So I'm sure that's what's in there now. What Do you know hoping... what? When I go back this week, um, I'm going to have a proper look down that corridor. Because yeah. <laughs> I've missed out on a lot of stuff. So, well, next to that, there was a, again, it was a room, because I was in the junior boys and the senior boys, which mainly spent a lot of time at that end. Uh, so next to that, there was the junior boys TV room, like it was when I was in the juniors, before, obviously, the juniors moved. And it did possibly become something else. It was a, a small room you went in, um, literally opposite where the little corridor to the fire door was. So, but I don't know what that became afterwards. Last I knew, it was Jenny Armstrong's office. I'm not sure whether it still is, but that's last time I knew it was. Okay. So we had a, quite a good discussion. You'll be able to help us with this one, Danielle. Uh, because <laughs> next to that, there's two classrooms... Yeah. I know one of them, or the, there's the first, I think there's two, or there used to be. Um, one, I think, was Diane's repro room, was it? Was um, that the first one? No. Well, yes and no. It was um, Diane Waits' 
room. She had it for a little while, um, and she used to teach Braille um, in there um, and word processing. And I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I think that's what it was when last I knew, because um, it, it was before then. It was the French room. Um, when that moved from being upstairs, um, it came downstairs, and the French room was that first room that you've just said about, and also yep. the one then um, on the same side, but like next next door, um, the one just before you get to the double doors, um, which right. was smaller. Um, but then, yeah, last I knew the that the first room that we were just talking about, that was Diane Waite's room. Mm-hmm. And then the little room next door to that, just before you get to the double doors, um, was um, Nora Warburton and Julie Bradshaw's office. They shared that room. Um, right. and I, think, I think they still do. I've not heard that it's changed. So. Well, when I was there, because we had like our, our sort of kitchen, our playroom and stuff for the junior boys, yeah. directly opposite where that, what, that first room was, and I don't remember it being that wide, so they may have increased the size and done a few things used to be like a kitchen um a bit of a a scullery with um sink and stuff at the far end where we used to wash wash all the pots and i can remember one day you know the usual trick of putting a bucket of water on top of a door and waiting for someone to come in i know one of the um one of the older junior boys tried to do that to try and get one of the others but it didn't work Well, you know the little, the sort of thin corridor that we were talking about a minute ago that you said used to be a cloakroom? Yep. That's got the fire escape at the end with the ramp? Mm -hmm. Um, If you sort of go into that corridor, immediately on the right-hand side is an adjoining door into the IT room. Yes. Um, And then the same on the left-hand side is um, another door that adjoins into another classroom. Now, that's got a sink um, and draining board and everything in it. So I wonder if that's maybe the room that you're thinking of. No, what happened is when the scullery was turned into a a classroom, okay. they actually installed the sink and everything in that room because ah, okay. that was our, our dining room as well. Yeah. They started, originally, we didn't used to eat there apart from breakfast, but then they started having dinner and, um, and evening meals in there as well. So ah, they, okay. they, put, they put that in there as well. So that obviously became a classroom. I think it's a, it may be a staff room, that now. Yeah, I was going to say it was a maths room and then it was changed into a staff room a couple of years ago. So we'll, we'll move down a little bit more because we're nearly up to the double doors, but we've got one room and you mentioned it before, Joe. The TV room? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, we were allowed to use that after prep at 7.30 till about half eight, maybe nine o'clock at the at a push and you could go everyone used to congregate in there to watch the soaps really <clears throat> excuse me to watch the soaps and everything because that was the senior boys playroom you know during the day and obviously it got invaded by the youth club yeah in the evening by the girls <laughs> yeah <laughs> so George you were lucky <laughs> well that's we it we were, were allowed to mix yeah we were allowed to mix so yeah oh, a bit <laughs> well yeah not much. That's another one of those rooms where the window for it is in the next corridor, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it, it is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, should we go through the double doors? Mm-hmm. All right. Hold them open for us, then, have we not? I will. Have we not? Have we forgotten? Is it before or after the double doors that you come to the slope down to the gym? 
it's after, after the double doors. Is it after, after the double doors, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, that was on the left, wasn't it? It was. Yes, you, down, right. down, down to the gym. So the gym's on the right. Are we going down to the gym or...? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. So we'll walk down the steps. Or the, uh, the ramp. Slow the, yeah. The slope, yeah. More down double to the doors. Gym. Yeah. There was another set. Was there a set halfway down? Yeah, there was. Yeah. And then it was quite light, wasn't it? You had like an open little corridor with glass. windows. Yeah. It was glass floor to ceiling on both sides. Yeah. And there was, it the, wasn't, there was a door to outside, wasn't there? there yeah, was. at the bottom when it came flat, there was a door. That's right, yeah. On when the right you, hand side. When you were there, had they replaced the glass? So did it still have the uh, the bullet holes in from the um, from from the Beckers? But there no. was something other, no. <laughs> there were some bullet, there were bullet holes, you know, pellet holes. There was a couple of them in the window when we were there, and they had like stuff around them to sort of cover them up. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> We'd, uh, got new glass by then. <laughs> so yeah, as you go down the corridor, you had all the we had. Um, they were like pigeons. cages, weren't yeah. they? I suppose cage yeah, pigeons. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. had your awful leotards in for the oh, girls, which were maroon. God. They were awful. Oh um, no! You see, we saw a big improvement there, because. Um, in well, when I was in the primary, we were meant to wear um, leotards, or the girls were anyway, um, which were like a they were a really vivid, like royal blue. Um, and then when we moved up into the seniors, um, we were allowed to wear shorts and t-shirts, which was much nicer. Um, and then when I went, or it was one of the years I was in sixth form, a couple of years before I left, um, we'd asked for a complete makeover of the PE kit and we actually got proper um, like tracksuit bottoms and either a round neck t-shirt or a polo shirt that you could oh choose yourself which one you preferred um, and it was it was brilliant I always remember because the old PE kit it was kind of first come first served as to who got you know the size that actually fitted you properly oh first. yeah it was awful but with this the new PE kit um I remember a letter got sent home saying that school were going to buy everyone a round neck t-shirt and a pair of shorts in the correct size. You had to choose which size. And then if you wanted to, you had the option of buying your own um, tracksuit bottoms and like a hooded sort of jacket thing and a um, polo shirt. So that was really nice. I used to like our pee kit, actually. It was quite nice. The last one, anyway. We had to have maroon flipping leotards if you were doing PE. But if you were, do you remember, Michael, if you were doing, if you're going to say an athletics thing or something, if you're running for the school or doing another event, and I don't know what the lads was, but the girls was like an orangey coloured vest top that never fitted properly. I'm oh, sure they were like a purpley coloured knicker shorts. They were, oh, God, yeah. they were awful. <laughs> I, do, I forgot about them, John. What was your PE attire in back in the, um, in your day, Georgie? Oh, well, um, we used to have these, like, uh, gold um, short skirts, right, like um, an all-in-one, but there was knickers attached to them underneath, sort of, you know. Mm-hmm. So we had them. And then I remember the year I left in 68, uh, the PE mistress came up to me and she said, uh, you, I'm glad you're leaving this year, Georgina. I said, oh, thank you very much, miss. What have I done? She said, no, dear. She said, um, we've got new leotards for next year. She said, and you're very well endowed. She said, um, <laughs> you'd look a sight. 
<laughs> oh, okay, well, thank you very much, Mason. I went up, Brian. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. So, I suppose just to quickly recap down there, obviously, you had the gym, you had a big storage room, and then there was two changing rooms and a, rooms, like yeah. a staff changing room yeah, and office, office in yeah, the middle to, of that, yeah. We used to get told off for singing bawdy songs. That was what Mrs. Errington used to call them. She used to shout at us at that, and she'd go, girls, stop singing bawdy songs. You, you know when you come out of the gym and you went in the changing rooms into the showers? Yeah. Was it warm? Yes. Yeah. There yes. was bloody freezing in my day. <laughs> I'm not joking. We, we were like uh, pimples all over us, you know, goose cogs. <laughs> It, it was. It was. I tell you what. It's more like cold. It's when I was there. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, so um, we'll we'll walk back so, out the gym and we'll get we'll get away from this awful thought of exercise. Yes. And, these, and these gold skirts with knickers sewn on the knickers inside. Knickers underneath. <laughs> yeah. And and these maroon leotards. Oh yeah. Yeah. God. yeah. I think you know you yeah we hadn't lived or Danielle hadn't lived really. No, we had it nice. Yeah. And then, so we'll. We'll come out, we'll just go through that double door, we'll walk past the stairs, and we've got the, the um, assembly hall. Yeah. Yeah, on the right-hand side. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, pretty much. And the stairs were there going up to the boys' dormitories, wasn't it? They were. Yeah. On the yeah. left. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I suppose there's not anything you want to add. Just caught me trying to sneak up there one day. <laughs> Never mind, go on, that's another story. <laughs> Anything you want to say about the, the assembly? I mean, really, that's never really changed. It had the odd no, we used to have and films. And... I've we seen it have a bit of a facelift, but that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then there was yeah, a small was... cupboard at the left-hand side at the back, which was like a bit of a storage area and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was just used for all sorts, wasn't it? I mean, we used yeah. to do PE in it if it was really bad weather outside. Yeah. The yeah. girls and boys had to be split up. It was used drama. for assemblies, obviously. Drama, yeah. discos, mm -hmm. um, all sorts. Yeah. Yeah, it was Did a... you do public speaking competitions in your day? No. Oh, no. no. Oh, no we <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had public speaking competitions and they were in there. Oh, wow, that's different. Yeah. Mm. Can you remember the year, the year Joe, they had the, because we always had the inter-school music festival, didn't we, on music day, and we held it at our school one year in the hall? No, I don't remember that. It was, well, you'd, have been, you'd have been there, but I'm sure it weren't last year, but it was, you know, we sometimes a small group used to go to some of the other schools and yeah, we play. Used to go to, we used to go to a school in Utoxeter when was I that was one. there. Yeah, there was that we did every year, but yeah. there was also the, I think it was all the specialist schools. And, oh, right. I, I know I went to one that. in London once, and then one year they came up to um, to our school. It may have been when I was in the juniors, more than likely not, but no. I think it's since I left, because I think I've heard other people talk about it. There was only a small group who went there, yeah. so... Yeah. yeah. It could have been the last year. So, I suppose we're nearly at the end, so... What we've got, and I know these changed you, so to speak. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you've got a set of There was two sets of toilets at the far end. Yeah. Which, yeah. obviously, earlier, it was just the boys at that end, really. So there was the senior boys just before the double doors at the top of them stairs, and then you had the junior toilets at the side. But I have a feeling one of them became the girls after a while. Yeah, it did. The one that was after the door, like, on nearest to the hut side. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, because we were allowed to use them in our when we were there, Michael. The girls used yeah. to use them. Whether I'm sure we must have been allowed to, because so, yeah. <laughs> we did. Yeah, and also when I was there at Christmas, there was a telephone box opposite. You know where the the first set of to- the first toilet is. You come out the door there, um, and there's like a gap between that door and the, the double doors. There was a telephone yeah. box there, a glass telephone box. I was like, that's not very safe. Uh, with a payphone. Perspex, actually, it's not glass. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there's a um, Perspex telephone there with a payphone in it, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so we'll go down the steps because we're nearly finished, and yeah. there was a door so you could escape on the right-hand side. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and then you went into, I suppose, like I said, we've called it the hut because it was used for so many different things. So should we, should we start with Georgie? What do you remember? Was that it was built when you were there, wasn't it? The the big wooden building at the end of the corridor. No. No, I can't remember that. I was surprised to see it, actually. Right. Leading outside from the assembly room. Yeah, you went downstairs. Yeah, you went down the steps. I mean, I don't know when it was built, but like you said, you weren't really in that section very often. So even once you may not have known about it. But when me and Joe were there, it it was the youth club for a number of years. I know on the group, on the Facebook group, some of the chaps have been saying it was a boys, was it a boys' playroom or something like that, or at some point, or somewhere where the boys were? Mm, it could have been. Um, I, I have a fear, somebody, I think, has said that, but I might be wrong. But yeah, it I know was. It, it was, used to be the soft play at some at one did. time or another yeah. as well. It, it changed to that in the mid 80s because it was youth club for us at first, and then it changed to the soft play. Yeah. Uh, and then it went back to the youth club again then. And, it was, ah, right. and then it became a gym, didn't it? A, uh, a exercise gym. Now, fitness yeah. suite, yeah. yeah. Ooh, wow, gosh. It's been used for quite a few things. Yeah. Oh, wait, what's what's that noise, Joe? Is that the bell? It is. Oh, well, I can pick up your books. <laughs> and um, what's your next lesson then, Danielle? That's a very good question. I'll have to check my timetable. Okay. <laughs> And what are you heading out to now then, Georgie? What's your lesson? I'm going to play hooky. I've had enough. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I look forward to seeing you at the next lesson. Right. And everyone else, take your books and get out. <laughs> join us at one or two or all of them right so it's just over a month now to the school reunion on the 17th of may this year has gone so quick it has it's flying past i think with all the meetups as well we've been having i think we're in for a really good event this year yeah i think it's good because i think we're going to get some new people again which is brilliant it's always nice to see new faces unfortunately i won't be able to be there unless a miracle happens but i'm sure you'll all have a fantastic time and i'll be with you in spirit that's always good so please get the word out i mean i know we're going to talk about it in a few seconds but tell your friends tell other past pupils you know we can't stress it enough you know people who went to the school more than ourselves and the one thing what's that one question everybody asks when they're thinking about going um will i know anybody especially if you're going on your own but 
you know, everybody is really friendly and you'll soon remember people. You'll walk in and it's taking those first few steps through the front door. But once you start talking to people, you'll find people that you know and you'll make new friends as well. You will. I mean, I've made many a friend and so have you who we didn't know at all before we started going to the reunions and things. And there'll be people there you've heard on the podcast as well. So you can count them as friends. Absolutely. So we'll give you some details now. So we're starting earlier at half 11. So we're going to have a light lunch. We are, which is going to be followed by the, I mean, these plans are actually subject to change because the FA Cup's on that day. And I know some people want to watch it. So rough plans are the AGM after that, followed by the recording of SVOPA live. And we've got um, possibly a, like a Q&A with some of the staff and people from the school and hopefully the tours as well. Yeah, some of the staff have actually, Dr. John Patterson is hoping to even take part in the tour himself. So you, we should have some really good tours around the school and you'll be able to find out a lot more about what's happening in the school um, in recent times. And I think we're also going to do, hopefully do a bit of a technology session as well, subject to time. And and really, it's down to what people want. There's going to be a raffle as well, isn't there? There is. Georgie's running a raffle for us. She did it last year and it was quite successful. So if you come in and you feel you can bring a raffle prize, it doesn't matter how big or small, just, you know, that would be brilliant. We would love that. So, and then in the evening, we're going to have a buffet lunch or buffet tea. And then we're going to have um, some entertainment, uh, a bit of a disco, a bit of a dance, a bit of a bit of karaoke, and we might even have some surprises in there as well. So, you know, come along. If you can make the whole event, that would be really good. Okay, so we'll give you some prices now. We will. If you're just coming for the afternoon, so lunch in the afternoon up to, you know, four or five o'clock, something like that, it's £10. If you're staying for the evening meal, then it's £17.50. And if you're staying overnight as well, the whole package is £55. We are looking to get the minibus again on the Sunday and maybe a bit of a trip round Liverpool, something like that. So that's all in the pipeline as well. And of course, not forgetting your £5 subscriptions, which we are keeping at £5 again this year, which is good. We are. So we do encourage, even if you can't make it, you know, to, to join the, the association, it's only £5 and that helps us keep running, keeps the podcast going, keeps obviously uh, the committee running with the meetings and also helps to pay for the CDs which go out to people who can't access um, all the media online as well. It does and also we do have the opportunity for a small number of people to stay over at the school on the Friday evening if they want to. That is for a charge of £20 and that will include a light breakfast on the Saturday morning. It will, we'll sort that out near the time when we know who's staying we'll probably just order some food in or something like that for the evening or we might go out to a local you know, pub or a restaurant. We'll, we'll work out when people are arriving and then we'll sort that out within the, the week or so before. But it would really help if you could let us know if you're thinking about, you know, if you'd like to stay for the full weekend for the Friday and Saturday, if you could drop us an email so we do know numbers and then we can work everything out with school and everything, that would be great. So that's podcast.svopa.co.uk. Yeah, and obviously, if you need the booking form and you haven't had it in the CD or downloaded it, just drop us an email. I'll send you that booking form straight through. Payment can be made either by cheque or by direct transfer uh, on your, from the bank. But the important thing is, if you are sending in a cheque or you are making a bank transfer, do let me know first so I can obviously mo- keep a list of who's coming and then we can make sure that you are on the list and you don't turn up and you haven't got a bed. Welcome to VI Talk. 
sharing ideas, information and support. Bridging the gap between blindness and fashion. Okay, so now we have Emily Davison with us, who is the fashion ister, but she's going to tell us all about that. Hi, Emily. Hello. So do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself and your background? Well, yes. Um, basically, I've been very much interested in fashion from an early age. I've grown up in a very kind of fashion-orientated family. Um, my mum worked for a cosmetics company for about seven years um, when I was growing up. So from a very early age, I was always used to seeing her with her hair rollers in and putting on her makeup and her lipstick and getting ready to go to uh, another day at work. And it's been a huge influence on me, to be honest, um, as is all my family have had a keen interest interest in looking a certain way and kind of being able to pre- um, present yourself through fashion because in my my family's philosophy uh, fashion is very much an expressive art format and it just it shouldn't just be simply something that people look at to make money it's very much a creative forum and it's a tool for self-expression and it's very important to me and a lot of members of my family and it was always something I wanted to get into fashion blogging but I never really knew how I would be able to get into it with a different angle and different perspective because there's many, you know, fashion bloggers are a dime a dozen now. So it's a very popular thing to do, blogging in general, but especially fashion blogging. It's one of the most um, popular niches in the fashion, um, in the blogging community. And my problem was how would I actually get into it without being just another fashion blogger and what would make me stand out from the crowd? Um, So it's always been something on the cards, to be honest. Okay, so you are visually impaired yourself, aren't you, Emily? Yes, um, I've been visually impaired since birth. I was diagnosed when I was about 18 months of age with a condition called septo-optic dysplasia. And what it basically meant was that my optic nerves that connected my eyes to um, my brain, they were severed and they weren't connected, so to speak. So the train could run, um, but the tracks weren't you know they weren't allowing it to go so it's it, it, it's meant that I basically um <laughs> have been left with um 10% vision in my um my left eye and no vision in my right and it did affect things like mobility and things for many years until I got to the point where I said you know what I'm holding my hands up I'm going to opt to try and have a guide dog which completely changed my life um uh, but it, one thing it didn't ever really affect me was my fashion because of the, obviously the upbringing I had and I've always been a in, person who's interested in the arts and self-expression and fashion in particular so um, it's it's not really affected that as such and I'm very glad it hasn't because it's meant that I've been able to actually create this own, my own world in the fashion community and something that's a very individual I believe. So that that is how I mean I mentioned the fact you're visually impaired because that is how you have your own individual take isn't it on fashion and your blog um, so do you want to tell us about how Fashion Easter came about? Well, it's actually quite a funny story of how it came about. And I'll, I'll always say this to, to the day that I die. Um, the reason that Fashion Easter came about was because one, one main reason, I got my guide dog. And obviously anyone who's got a guide dog knows that with that comes a lot more freedom than you're used to. 
and it was just um, before the Paralympics started in July of 2012 I um, was going up to London on one day and there was this man who was attending these um, tube um, barriers that you go through and he hadn't seen my guide dog at this point and he actually said to me you can't go through these barriers these are for disabled people and I said but I am you know I've got a side impairment I've got a guide dog and I can't try and usher her through these barriers that are so unpredictable they might close on me at any minute and he looked down and he said oh I'm very sorry but you don't look blind and I, <laughs> I thought to myself what the someone who's got a sighted impairment I mean a I I don't believe anyone should be called blind if they don't want to be everyone should be like referred to what I believe as you know sight impaired or whatever until they're asked what they prefer to be you know called it but that's you know a, a different matter for a different time but the point is is what does someone who is visually impaired or sight impaired have to look like that what is their stereotype or generalization in their mind and it's something that annoyed me and then I got to researching actually what this actually meant and I realized that over a long period in um, the 21st century and even the, the 20th century people have always you know cast aspersions about people who've got sight loss and their relationship to fashion and made a lot of jokes and kind of innuendos about it and especially it's even gone through sex in the city at some points and it's really annoyed me and it, it made me think I am actually going to bite the bullet and create this blog. Let's see how it goes so I can share my thoughts and maybe help people who've got sight loss themselves, but also to show the public that actually people who've got sight loss, they can still look as fashionable as anyone else. They just might need a little bit of extra help. It's nothing, you know, that they can't combat. So um, thus fashionista.com was born, and then two years later, here we are. So, <laughs> looking at what so some of the things you do, I know you're on YouTube and obviously you've got the blog as well. What what other sort of projects are you currently involved in? Um, I mean, what am I not involved in? To be honest, I like having my fingers in a lot of fashion pies, um, so to speak. So, um, anything really that people want me to get involved with. I mean, I've been involved with lots of charities and helping them create and um, develop ideas, like living paintings, um, guide dogs. I've been involved with um, the RLSB, uh, loads of charities like that. Really, on kind of helping them to create um, better services for people who are, are who are visually impaired and their engagement with fashion and also um, campaigning and things. Um, I've also been involved with a few companies on improving their services, um, some of which I can't actually talk about because there are big things underway at the moment and if I start talking about them before they've actually been produced, I will get in trouble. So, But there are some surprises on the horizon for 2014 is what I'm going to say about the way that the current um, industry of fashion and cosmetics um, engages with people and their customers who have sight loss. Right, interesting. So you'll you'll have to let us know when these things are released, and we can um, we can obviously announce them. <laughs> yes, um, one of the things you have to learn about me on fashionista.com is that I like to keep um, people in suspense. I like to have my surprises, um, and that's just something I think keeps people interested. And just it's it's nice for my readers to have surprises and you know have new things on the horizons and things to look forward to. So. I am very mean sometimes in the fact that I don't tell you guys what's going on, but um, I mean well by doing it, though, to be honest. <laughs> so that brings us on to VI Talk and your role. I approached you, oh, must be a couple of months ago now, I think, to ask you whether you would be interested in helping with something fashion orientated and to do with self-presentation, really, as well, on VI Talk. And you agreed kindly. <laughs> so do you want to tell us a bit about what you're going to be doing for us in future weeks, months and hopefully years? 
Fingers crossed on that. Um, I definitely see myself going on until the day that I'm literally on my deathbed and I say, oh, I need to produce another blog post or audio boo. So I'm hopeful that this is going to be going on for years and years and years. Um, but the thing that I'm actually going to be doing for VI Talk is I'm working on two current um, series ideas, which are going to consist of different episodes about... Um, aspects of fashion relating to sight loss so the first one that i'm going to be working on is something called um vi frontline 101 and this is basically going to be a series of podcasts that are going to um discuss and talk about aspects of everyday living and situations where people are really concerned about what they're going to wear so this might be things like um going to the pub it might be things like going to the gym or things like um going on a date or anything like that and it's basically going to be a series that's going to help people who've got sight loss to figure out how to get combat those really demanding situations where you might really be struggling with what to wear and then the other series is going to be something called access to mags which is a really it's an idea of helping to develop uh, magazine articles and make them more understandable and accessible and comprehensive for those who've got sight loss so it's basically going to be where every week i will pick one particular article from a magazine like Cosmo or Vogue or something like that and talk about what the um, fashion um, article relates to, what designers are mentioned, what pieces are mentioned and something to make it easier for people to actually access magazines and to know what's in fashion and on trend and it's something I'm not doing with any other social media campaign so I'm really hopeful for that idea that actually it will be something really helpful and will help people who've got sight loss to um, engage further with magazines. And what we'll be doing is we'll be putting the Sort of the first series out on the podcast on a monthly basis, as well as the the audio boo channel and the um, the article section. We're going to be putting on the on the audio boo channel every week as well, aren't we? So it's going to get out to as many people as we can for you. Yeah. Well, thank, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I'm really hopeful that it just helps people who've got sight loss and just helps them just gain a bit more understanding. It's just something different to what I always do on my blog. So it's um an exclusive um, thing that I'm doing. I'm not doing this anywhere else, so it's just for VI Talk, and it will always just be something for VI Talk. That's fantastic. <laughs> Lovely. So where can... <laughs> where can I'm really excited about it, never mind you. <laughs> I am. Are you going to do something for us blokes? <laughs> um, I'm going to be trying to, to be honest, but I'm working with um, someone who's going to be my new um, contributor on my blog, and he's going to be writing different articles um about things so hopefully you won't be able to wangle him to get on to vi talk and do some podcasts um for you guys um but to be honest when it comes to writing things about men the only influence i have is my dad and he wears a woolly hat like noddy so he's not the best role model for fashion to be no. honest <laughs> you know, i do worry i'm going to get arrested by the fashion police when i go out but you know i've, I've survived so far so don't worry no, <laughs> to be honest, the, the, the fashion the fashion police only got, come out when it come when it comes to London Fashion Weekend. They're they're out in force there, and they're they're there with their cameras and making sure that everyone's behaving themselves. But um, they don't they don't prey on like everyday civilians. They just they they leave them alone. Oh, I should be safe. <laughs> <laughs> so, where can people find you, Emily? If you want to oh. give them um, details of where you? I know there's lots and lots of places, but. <laughs> 
Well, where honestly, where can't they find me? Um, I'm pr- probably everywhere under the sun. Um, the main places that I do a lot of my work on is um, my blog, which is fashionista.com, which is spelt F-A-S-H-I-O-N-E-Y-E-S-T-A.com. Um, I'm also on YouTube under Fashionista. You can tweet me under Davison M, so that's at D-A-V-I-S-O-N, and the D and the E of that are both in capitals. Um I'm also on Audioboo, which is just, if you search Fashion Lifestyle, you'll find me on there. I'm on um, Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram, under Fashion Lifestyle 2012. So just really just Google Fashion Lifestyle and just the, the Google is your oyster in terms of me. There'll be an endless <laughs> reservoir of where I'm on and what social media platforms I've signed up onto. So take your pick, really, to be honest. <laughs> Fantastic. It's absolutely been great talking to you and um, I'm looking forward to hearing it even from a man's point of view and I know we're just going to let so many people have that insight into, you know, like, especially this 101 and you know how to dress, how to present yourself for these different situations. I think it's going to be really interesting. So mm-hmm. I really um, appreciate your time and the, uh, the fact that you're going to be um, on our on our channel and our podcast as well. It's going to be really fantastic. I'm so looking forward to working on VI Talk. You can contact us by emailing podcast at vitalk.co.uk, on Facebook by searching for VI Talk, on Twitter at VI Talk Podcast, and our website address is www.vitalk.co.uk. Why not email us at podcast at svupa.co.uk? Right, well, one of the things we have to do at the AGM is obviously elect a new committee for the year 2014 to 2015. And our committee comprises of a, a chair, a member secretary, a treasurer, a secretary and five ordinary members. Okay, so if you want to stand for the committee, what we've decided this year is that we want short profiles from each person who wants to stand, and that does include existing committee members as well, and we need those by the 30th of April, because last year people didn't know everybody who wanted to stand, so we will read out those profiles on the podcast. We will, and they'll be read out on the day as well, obviously, for people who don't listen to that but it just gives you a chance to sort of have a think who you think would be the right person for next year's committee. If you are thinking of standing next year, a couple of things which, you know, just to bear in mind. It does help. It's not essential, but it does help if you're on social networks because then you can help with the Facebook group and things like that. Um, it also helps if you can attend local meetups. Now, we're not expecting you attend, to attend everyone. That's not, you know, that's not what we're saying. But just to get involved with what the committee does and with things that we organise would be an added bonus, really. I mean, if you live miles away, obviously that goes without saying, doesn't it? But it may. Well, be yeah. That. I mean, I don't. I I don't go to everything at all. But if there's something down my neck of the woods, like the the, the weekend break in Western, I will be turning up to that. So you know, in, so on the profile, just sort of only you know, what is two minutes maximum if it was read out. That's the way of sort of lengthening it, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Just to sort of say what you can bring to the table, and then people know you rather than just standing up and saying, "I, 
I'll stand. And then obviously, if you are at a year when none of your year mates are there, um, you may not get the votes and you may be the right person to be elected this year. That's it. We don't need your life history. We just need what you can bring to SVOPA. And maybe you can bring something new. Maybe you've got ideas for events that we haven't yet done. So we look forward to hearing what you have to say about yourselves. Welcome to SVOPA Live, taking place at the Weatherspoons in Peterborough. It's been an absolutely gorgeous day today. It's a Sunday afternoon and we've been at the Bull Hotel and we've got um, 11 people, well, yeah, 11 people with us. Some are ex-SVOPA in school and some of the guys are friends as well and Tommy's trying to get something out. So um, what we'll do is we'll, we'll start by seeing who's here. So I'll go around the table and start with the person opposite me who is... Paul Roberts, John and Sheila Garbutt. <coughs> Go. She- Sheila Garbutt. Oh, Jane Renfrew Gray. Norman Theobald. Derry Cullen. Margaret Theobald. Okay. Hi, it's Paul Clayton here. Hello there, Roger Wallace from London. Um, hi, Andrea McLaughlin. Andrea O'Hagan, actually. Sorry. Yeah. Get your name right. Yeah. So we've got we've got people here from a wide range, and what we're going to do is um, I'm going to ask one or two of the new people who've not been on a reunion um, yet, or one of these breaks, to sort of say what they've a quick thing of what they've enjoyed so far on the um, on the weekend. And we have got, like I said, people who've joined us as well, Margaret, Roger, and Andrea. So I'm going to pick on I'm going to pick on John first, just to say something what he's enjoyed this weekend so you know people get an idea of what we do for future hi there this is john garbett here i've enjoyed the weekend we've enjoyed just really socializing and reminiscing really and going to various places and thoroughly enjoying ourselves thank you and shall we pick on norman I've, I've really enjoyed this weekend. This is the first time I've been on um, something other than a school reunion when it was held at the school. And it's been great to meet people that I know, like John and Sheila. And I brought my wife, Margaret, along, who wasn't a member, he uh, wasn't a past pupil of, of, of St Vincent's. But it's just been great to meet people from all eras. Thank you very much. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick on the person who actually, whose fault it is that we actually ended up in Peterborough. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, um, it's Jane. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it this weekend because it's been an opportunity to um, meet up with Michael, who I knew before, but also um, lots of people that I haven't met before, so it's been really, really nice. Well, I know Sheila, when I was talking to Sheila the other day, she said, are we going to do any of the two-minute challenges? Oh! <clears throat> Didn't you, Sheila? I certainly did. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go around to Sheila, I'm going to stick a mic in front of her, I'm going to set the alarm, and um, <clears throat> she's going to talk for two minutes about herself. <clears throat> so I'm just going to come round, because some of the guys have already done them. <clears throat> right, Sheila, I'll give you a minute, get the countdown. One of these buttons is start. Okay. Go for it. My name is Sheila Garbert. May Duffy. Now I started at St Vincent's School in 1955. I left in 1958. Some of the things I loved about St Vincent's, one in particular, was the food we got on a feast day and also I used to like New Brighton trips, Blackmore Drive parties. Um, some of the staff I remember 
um, Mrs. O'Dwyer, Miss Fagan, Miss Stella West, Miss Mary Masterson, some of the teachers, Mrs. Pope, Mrs. Blackburn, um, Miss Burns, Mr. and Mrs. Fitzsimons, Sister Catherine. I left school in 1967 and then I went to Henshaw's for three months and then <coughs> to Heatherset and I married John Garbutt in 2000. And that's about all I can think of well, at you've the moment. Got 52 seconds to go, so you have to, about what have you done sitting out? Um, oh, I worked at Withington Hospital when I left Heatherset and I had one or two relationships. But as I say, I married John in 2000 and I also worked at the workshops in Oldham. So um, I think that's about it for now. I'm in touch with one or two people, Kathleen War, and of course Norman, and of course Gerard Jepson, who was at St Vincent's from 1956, and also Michael Ryan, who was at St Vincent's as well. So um, I can't think of anything else to say at the moment. Well, that's not bad, because we're down to... There we go. Are you having a go, Norman? I don't know. <laughs> go on. You've been running Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm going to sneak between you guys again. <coughs> Reset the, um, the old timer. It, it's quite funny when you get put against the clock. Yes, it yes, seems uh, to go a lot longer. I don't always That's more. Are you ready then, Norman? Yeah. Go. Three, two, one. Go. Hello, my name's Norman Theobald and I was at St Vincent's from April 1958 to the summer 1967. And I re remember very well my first day there because when I arrived everyone was having a film, watching a film in the assembly hall which was something that went on on a fairly regular basis in those days but something to fizzle out two or three days later. And I got taken down the, the long corridor to the assembly hall and I sat next to Sister Gerard, who was in charge of the junior boys at that time. And when the film was over, we went down to the uh, junior boys' hut and we were put on tables of four. And I was with Desmond McGinnity and I think the Arnold brothers, John and Joe. But I particularly remember Desmond because he... Um, helped me to get all my school clothes from Miss Webb who was sort of a general per person that worked up in the loft and she sort of was in charge of distributing all the clothes out and mending any, darning any socks, sewing on any buttons etc. But this lady distributed clothes to everybody and um, what was very good about Desmond, he sort of looked after me for about two or three weeks until I sort of found my own feet and got to know boys of my own age. Um, I left school in, in um, 67 and what I do remember was everybody that left at the same time as me, including Sheila who spoke earlier. Some of the other people were people like Michael Ryan, um, Terry and Christopher Brady, who were twins, Peter Harrison, Terry Hart, Joe Aspin, Stephen Dempsey, and among the girls, Sheila, of course, Margaret Baker, Maria Christie. 
and Olivia Simcock. That's the problem with the two minutes, isn't it? <coughs> well yeah. done, Norman. That were really, really that good. Because these are things which we've just not had on the podcast before. Yeah. Has anyone got any confessions to go on our next podcast? Um. <laughs> 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 Paul, have you got any confessions? Oh right, yeah. Music. Yeah, Paul's got an incident with the guide dog. We'll put on his and um, so I'm just gonna stretch over. <laughs> Right, go on, Paul. Okay. Um, this actually goes back to when I was working for the RNIB, and it was the first one, one of my first. I'd not been, I'd not been with the organisation very long, and um, you know, we're always um, taught, always look towards to, to um, towards the direction that you, when, you, when you're addressing, when you're talking to somebody, always look towards, you know, try try and maintain eye contact. But on this particular occasion, it totally backfired. Because I was I was at a conference and like I said I'd only been in the role I'd only been in the role about three or four weeks and they'd asked me to do the minutes for this particular conference and my dog for some reason at the time was really messing around and he'd, al- he'd already excelled himself by nicking the chairman's lunch earlier in the day. Um, we got to the afternoon session and we were minuting another um, minute and I was t- trying to take minutes and the dog suddenly started whining for no apparent reason he was just I think he was just bored more than anything else. The only trouble is, I didn't realise I was looking directly at the person who was speaking when I said to the dog, for God's sake, why don't you just lie down and shut up? <laughs> and uh, at the time, there were like 40 people in the room, and she actually took it really well. She just stopped. Everyone was looking at me, like, George, you know, and she, she just said, I like assertive blokes, we really must go for a drink sometime. <laughs> <laughs> the whole place just fell about laughing. I did not know, I really did not know where to put my face there. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys? I mean, do you want, have you had a blind fail where you've done something quite amusing you want to share? Uh, not that I can remember. No, not really. Um, you're just too good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Jane. Jane sent through a I confess a few weeks ago in text, <laughs> and um, it's either that or a two minute challenge, Jane. Ah, okay, you well. have been interviewed before. Though, yeah, I have. So I don't need to do the two minutes. No. So. So do I mention names or do I not? <laughs> it's up to you. I'm gonna put the. Um, this is. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Jane. Okay. Um, it's time for I confess. Okay, so basically, I used to arrive at St. Vincent's around about uh, quarter to nine on a Monday morning, and the normal routine was to go to Bridgman to the playroom, let um, Miss Josie know that I'd arrived, and then take my case upstairs to the bedrooms in Bridgman, unpack my case, and then go downstairs to class. On this particular day, my best friend turned up at around about the same time, so as we unpacked our stuff, I related to her the fact that that weekend I had been to a joke shop and purchased several items, one of which was a bag of pepper sweets. So as we chatted, suddenly we heard one of the fire doors open in Bridgman, and footsteps and Miss Burns walked on the corridor and said hello to us and we had a short conversation with her during which I offered her a sweet and she was very gracious and said thank you that's so kind of you thank you now the smile on my face was very sweet because what she didn't know was it was one of the pepper sweets so didn't think anything of it until the next day during the afternoon 
we were due to go to an RE lesson upstairs um, in the classroom that um, Miss Burns had up near Bridgman. And we were told by Mrs Cunliffe, oh no, there's no RE lesson today, Miss Burns is off sick. At which point my best friend and I thought, oh no, what if it's the pepper sweet? So I still don't know to this day whether it was the pepper sweet that caused her to be ill and off school, but 33 years later I want to say, Miss Burns, if you ever hear this, I'm very sorry. (laughs) I shall ask her about it. Because we're in touch with her. And I, I'm going to ask her if she remembers that. We're going to pepper sweet. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll stir the beans. We'll ask her about it. Right, so um, has anyone got anything else they want to add to the podcast before we wrap it all up? It's not exactly a confession. But it's... Now, this is Sheila Garbutt, May Duffy, by the way. I remember being absolutely frightened to death. I didn't know where to put my face... This was 1966, and I brought my pocket frame into the senior girls' lounge. And I thought, I'll write a little note to John, because um, Anne Maroney or Janet Rowe, one of them, would give it to him. So I wrote this little note, and it said words to the effect, Dear John, I enjoyed dancing with you very much at the Henshaw Social. Nothing more, nothing less than that. Sister Aloysius, who was the headmistress at the time, walked in. She said, oh, what are you writing? Oh, I said, it's nothing, sister, it's, it's nothing. She said, let me see. I believe you're a very good brailist. And I said, oh, oh, I started to tear it up. She said, oh, don't do that. Anyway, she managed to piece it together. And then all of a sudden she went very serious and she said, you can't take CSE examinations if this sort of thing is on your mind. Have a good mind to send it to your father. Anyway, she was quite nice about it in the end. She let me do one or two messages for it and she said, I don't need to see him. That was referring to John and I'm glad that she didn't because I think John would have been more frightened than I was. Ah, so you two are both trouble causers in them days as well. We started getting friendly about 1966. Uh, And And because we were so frightened of the strong wishes, John actually gave me the big ear. Yes, I gave the big ear to social in uh, 1967. 66, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, 66. And I remember some of the songs that were played at the social. Things like, those who uh, know the era, In the Country Cliff Richard, Pamela Pamela Wayne Fontana, and we danced to the one one of the records we danced to with the Supremes You Can't Hurry Love Aww. so we certainly didn't hurry love and we're together now and we're very happy oh, that's a quick question as well before I wrap up just because around the school in 10 lessons a lot of people have obviously been following that and, and, we're, and we're now on to the main corridor but if you remember just outside the headmistress's office there was a bench yeah. Whoever got to sit on that bench and wait to go into the office? 
You were all very good then and didn't get drunk. I will say that. One memory I will put in. There was a fish tank. There was? Yeah. And the Radio Times and the TV Times used to be there as well. Yes. One memory I will put in as regarding me and Sheila. We met in the chapel on a Friday evening once. Oh, yes. Because from 20 to 7 till about 7 o'clock. Hold on. Birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Michael. Happy birthday to you. That's for tomorrow. That's for tomorrow. Because, because this is audio oh, and the candles are. You've got to do one big line. Because this is audio God. and not visual, it's got very red. <laughs> Yay! short notice but our next event is this saturday which i think most people know about anyway but if you you are hearing this and you want to join us we're over in chester and we're all meeting at a place called the town crier never been before but speaking to a few people it should be a good location the food's reasonable and we'll have a table booked as usual so that's starting at 12 o'clock and ending when the last person leaves Okay, so moving on to our next local meetup, and that's in June, that's in Blackpool, and that's on the 21st, which again is a Saturday, and again, it'll start at 12. Do we have a... We don't have a venue as of yet. Um, Mainly, we're trying to find somewhere suitable, and we may find a hotel we can use. One or two people have said they're going to stay over, so if we can find a good location, that might be ideal for us, because the pubs are going to be really, really busy they are in june so keep a lookout on the group and we will obviously keep you updated in the future podcasts and if you you know you know blackpool or you know anywhere what's suitable for you know for anyone but ideally for vis let us know and we can give them a call and hopefully get a, get them a booking as well 
Yep, definitely. Email us with any information, podcast at svopa.co.uk, or you can write a message on the group and then everybody can comment and see what people want to do, really. Yeah, because talking of that, I mean, the Facebook group is doing really well at the moment. Lots of discussion going on. And obviously keep up to date with what's on the page at the same time. Okay, so moving on to August, Danielle, who's on the committee, has um, gone partway to organising a singing event because she's studying um, voice coaching at university. And we're looking um, provisionally, the date is possibly going to be the 16th of August. Obviously, more information will come out and that's going to be a joint event with ourselves, SVLPA, VI Talk, um, probably Bradbury Fields as well. Um, but it's really in the early stages at the moment. So you know, do get in touch if you're interested in that or you know people who will be. And again, it'll be open to, like all the events, they are open to family and friends as well. It doesn't have to be you know, just VIs. So moving on to really the end of the year, our autumn stroke winter break this time is going to be held at the Vision Hotel, the Lauriston in Western Supermare and that is from November the 14th to the 17th so it's a Friday to Monday as usual and the prices are £45 per person per night on a dinner bed and breakfast basis. If you book before the end of April your R&IB discount if you're a member will count so you'll get your 10% off and Michael will give you the number to call to book. Yeah so if you, you wish to book call the hotel directly on 01934 620 758 quote SVOPA and they should give you those prices any problems or anything like that you know just give us a shout we can um, we can always speak to them as well um, and there are quite a few people who've already booked so I think we've probably got about five or six already already in place and got places booked so yeah yeah so it's looking like it'll be a good event so come along and join us and hopefully we'll have some fun So that brings us to the end of yet another podcast. We should really apologise. This one has gone out a little bit late, but we did have a few issues um, with with various things, but we will get back on track. We've got some exciting interviews coming up for future podcasts. So do, you know, keep in touch and keep tuned to the podcast, please. And also, if you do come across anyone from school, because we've had a couple of great contacts passed our way, who we're hoping to get on soon. So if you, you know, if you come across a teacher or you come across someone who has got an interesting story or you think, oh, yeah, that'd be good to get on, you know, pass them on to our details. Let, you know, let us get in touch with them and let's get them on. Yeah, if you know of a past pupil who's gone on to do something that's you know quite unusual or really has a really interesting life or, or just wants to tell us about themselves, what they've been doing, they don't have to be particularly, you know, they don't have to have won the Nobel Prize or anything like that. But if they, they just want to talk about themselves and to make friends and let people know that they're still out there, then that's absolutely fine with us as well because it is your podcast, remember that. It is, and some of the sections as well to, to remember we have is we've got the I Confess and I think Jane's confession on the, which we put on SVLPA Live was great. And um, also the over to you where you can just record, you know, five or ten minutes of your school memories and send them through to us as well. So talking of that, how can people get in touch? 
Okay, so the, you can email us, podcast at svopa.co.uk. You can check out the website, www.svopa.co.uk, and you'll also find on there links to all the old podcasts as well, which you can obviously get through iTunes or any podcast software. You can find us on Facebook by searching SVOPA, and there is a page and group. And, you know, we'd like some people who are not on the group to join us. It is a, a closed group, so people who aren't members can't see what you write. And you can follow us on Twitter, again, at SVOPA. And the same with Audio Boo. We don't post as often as we should do, but we're on SVOPA on there as well. And you can obviously give me a call on 0161 or on my mobile, which is 07930-444-656. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and we will be back with you for episode 27 very soon. So all it remains is for us to say goodbye for this month. And we'll see you next month. Bye. Bye.